you can always just be an owner and operator, but it's always going to be hard to keep the numbers growing because entrepreneurs, they like have the special ability to like pour gas on fires and just to get it to explode. People who are like on salary and want the security, they don't have that. Have you ever let stress get the better of you? Want to know how to maximize your productivity? My name is Tommy Bowie. Follow me as I deep dive into the minds of successful entrepreneurs and industry professionals on the tools, tips, and strategies they use to overcome stress and boost productivity in their daily lives, especially when the going gets tough and the stakes are high. This is the Stressless Entrepreneur Podcast. Today, I have with me two young entrepreneurs who are skyrocketing their way into the world of online entrepreneurship, desiring to expand their business. My guests co-created a new licensing system that would allow their wedding company to expand across the entire USA in just six short months. Their licensing system has allowed hundreds of entrepreneurs around the world to open up their own turnkey wedding business and instantly become profitable. After having massive success transforming their own business through licensing, they have now teamed up again to create the Licensing Lifestyle Mastery Course. This free course teaches small business owners how to expand quickly through their proprietary licensing model. Their top achievements include generating $4.4 million in sales in just 10 days with over 400 contracted employees across the USA. Today, I have with me Nick Crone and Brennan Tolman. Nick, Brennan, thanks for joining me today on the Stressless Entrepreneur Podcast. Absolutely. Thank you. Appreciate it. Boys, I wanted to get you on the show today because you're aspiring entrepreneurs just like myself and you're running a partnership and you run a YouTube channel. And I wanted to dive deeper into some of the challenges that you've come across with the partnership and the YouTube channel and also the, the successes that has come with it. But before we do that, are you able to quickly just give us a history of what it is that you guys do before and now? Sure. Brennan here. So Nick and I have known each other for like four years. The short version is that I started a wedding photography, videography business in Utah, mm-hmm. and it was a lot of stress. It was a lot of pain. It was a lot of mental breakdowns to kind of get it, you know, to, yeah, that's entrepreneurship is, right? Is, is solving the problems that nobody else wants to solve. That's at the end of the day, the reward comes because you're willing to go through those breakdowns. So I went through, you know, how to actually run a local wedding company where we outsource all the weddings to local contractors. And I kind of figured it out in Utah with softwares and trainings and everything. How do you make it a consistent product? And then Nick came and said, hey, Brennan, I think that we could license what you've built in Utah. I think we can take it, you know, global. Mm. And so about eight months ago, Nick and I started licensing the system that I had built, that we had already built. And, um, you know, Nick's a wizard at, at sales and and you know expansion. And so he was able to pretty much sell out all the United States territories. And now we're going in international. So there's other entrepreneurs that have bought licenses to use our system. We still have some available internationally, but none left in the US. And they're all making money running a Tolman Media business. And so there's been a lot of ups and downs and stresses with that. So, so, so now instead of like running a business, we support the entrepreneurs who are, they are selling the weddings and they are actually doing the business. So Nick, any, anything you want to add there? I mean, that's a pretty good summary of what we do every day. And, you know, when I think about stress and entrepreneurship, because I think stress levels go up and down, you know, we've certainly Mm -hmm. felt our share of stress and you often hear about uh, business partners. It's kind of like a, it's like a marriage, right? And, uh, and so we've had our arguments some more lately and, and uh, definitely through the process, you know? Yep. And you now also have a YouTube channel hobo entrepreneurs 
Yep. When did that first conceptualize? And because that's an extra layer of management as well, on top of the support to the licensing model, how is that all going for you at the moment? It's going good. You know, I was in Hawaii in January and I called up Brennan and I said, Hey man, I have this YouTube channel and I'd love to work with you on it because Brennan is, Brennan's got a superpower, man. He's, his superpower is he can create content fast. It's high quality. It looks amazing. And I saw the benefits that he could bring and him and I actually have, you know, in terms of like business partnerships, I I tend to be pretty cynical about business business partnerships in general. You know, when people are like, Hey, I got this idea, let's go in 50, 50. And it always breeds drama. However, Mm -hmm. Brendan and I have like a, a unique relationship where, you know, if he's getting pumped up and excited about something, then so do I. And it's just like this upwards cycle of just positive energy, crazy momentum, everything's getting done. And, you know, with him and I working together for, uh, for a while, it's like, you know what, it would actually be fun to, uh, to do this YouTube channel together with this idea of like, Hey man, entrepreneurship is supposed to be fun and you're supposed to have a good time with it. And it's okay to mess things up. So we kind of just document some of the things that we're doing. Mm-hmm. It, honestly, for us, it's just fun. We don't care about the rules. We just do it. Yeah. And what's the, the channel all about? So we mostly talk about business and entrepreneurship for the most part, those are kind of our main topics. And the most notable thing that we do is we own this limo, this old stretch mm-hmm. limo, like the ones, you know, the Elvis style stuff. We bought it from Vegas. It was probably used for a bunch of weird weddings. And, um, and so what we do is we have a limo driver and we rig the whole thing up to be a mobile filming studio. So we'll go pick up successful businessmen, entrepreneurs in our area. We'll interview them while our driver does a loop and then we'll drop them right back off. So a lot of people will just give us 20 minutes of their time on their lunch break. And so we get access to people who we wouldn't really have access to um, outside of that. And cause everybody wants a limo ride, you know? And so we just get to like, we, we call it limo talk and we get to just talk with, talk with some awesome successful people. It's really educational for us. If, if anything, worst case scenario, Nick and I get to learn from these pretty amazing people. It's really gratifying for us, you know, to be able to just learn these lessons from these, these real ballers. So it's been awesome. And obviously with limo talk, you need a driver to be with you and you need to set times and you need people to be in closer location with you. How has that been in terms of trying to scale and getting the right people on, on the limo talk? Yeah, I think exposure is always, is always the challenge. And, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's interesting. You need, to find, you need to find other entrepreneurs who they have interesting stories. They have interesting experiences to talk about. And, you know, it's interesting on the channel, we ask them one question. There's a thousand different ways you can answer the question. We typically ask them, how do you make money, right? And, you know, if you ask me how to make money, and I probably would talk about business systems and passive investing. And, you know, if you ask Brennan, he'd talk about business systems and time freedom. And, you know, so I think, I think it's interesting. There's a cultural thing that goes on, especially here in the United States, where we don't really like to open up about our finances. Mm-hmm. And so asking that question makes people answer it differently. And so I think it's, it's a interesting and enlightening topic. And for me too, like the biggest challenge that I think that we have run across with limo talk is burnout. And this is really relatable to stress too. It's like, it's like, yep. like we went like Nick and I literally, <laughs> we bought one way tickets to Vegas. Mm. We were like, we're coming home with a limo or we're not coming home, you know? And so we flew there and we bought this limo and we drove it home and we sunk a bunch of money into it. You know, we thought it was going to be a home run. We thought everybody was just immediately going to like love, you know, what we were doing. It's such a cool concept. It's, it's totally unique. And I think what's been hard is like, we've done probably what five, six, seven episodes at this point. And it's like, it's just slow. 
YouTube is slow, right? YouTube is like so saturated. It's like the gold mine. You know, it's just yep. like back, back, you know, gold rush. Everybody went to California back in the day. And the first, you know, I don't know, the first 100 people made tons of money. Everybody else just kind of like got there and was picking up flakes. And I feel like that's where we're at is like you really have to be different. But it also takes a long, long grind to actually like get things going. And so Nick and I, mostly me, will eventually, you know, we'll have these phone calls like every two, three weeks. I'm like, dude, it's not working. Like where, where are the people that love limo talk? Like we only have 150 views or whatever. Like they, there should be so many views on this. Like we know this is amazing content. And, it, and I start to burn out, you know, and like for me, like Nick mentioned, like I'm a really, really fast worker. I'm like a fireball. Like I'm going to, I'm going to be hot and fast and crazy and like faster than anybody else. But I will also burn out quicker if there's not fuel. Yeah. And so I get done with stuff and I get frustrated with stuff and I get like a little bit of like emotional where I'm like, yeah, this sucks. I don't want to do it anymore. You know, if it doesn't work, and so that's why when Nick and I, like the successes that we have, it was like, we were fireball so hard. And then we got that first sale or success right before I think both of us were ready to burn out. And so then we like fueled us to keep going yeah. and keep going and keep going. But we've had other projects since then. And thanks to stupid COVID, you know, where, where we're just like, like we'll put all of our heart and energy and our soul into it. And then like, it doesn't work in the first two weeks. And that doesn't mean it's not going to work, but both of us are like, eh, let's chase something else because it's just frustrating to like keep dragging and dragging and dragging, but you have to do it, you know? Yeah. It's almost as if you want to see an immediate return on the investment because, you know, how do you know if this is going to work in the long run if you're not going to see any traction as you're doing it or you're not getting the feedback that you require? Um, you mentioned COVID-19. How has COVID-19 affected both your businesses and the YouTube channel? And our main business, the licensing business, we consider ourselves semi-recession proof. Mm -hmm. People are getting married anyways. Worst case scenario, people are pushing their dates off. And so, you know, in our licensing model, you know, we, we collect royalties every single week. And we're thrilled when all of our licensees, they're all making money. And when they start making money, we get paid too. So it's a win-win relationship. And so we did notice about a 20% drop from the COVID-19. However, the bookings that we missed for the short period of time, we feel like we've kind of realized those as kind of the fear went away. And so I think on that business, a lot of that has been affected by COVID. And I, I would say that there was, uh, you know, some stress associated with that, you know, yep. Brennan, he has some territories in Utah and every, every entrepreneur has different areas. And in Utah, I mean, things just stopped. If you mm. look at New York City, LA, Nevada, you know, Las Vegas, most of those territories those were big producing territories for us. We were booking a lot of weddings. In New York, there's 140,000 weddings, 110,000 weddings in, in Nevada. Those areas got hit hard. However, you know, on the flip side, if you look at it, you know, we're, we're booking weddings left and right in some territories that were struggling before COVID. And so, and it's, it's kind of almost ironic that we struggled on one side and then the other ones had a lot of success. And now things are lightening up the last few weeks and, and we've noticed the areas that were struggling are struggling less. The ones that were producing well are still producing well. And so we feel like we're really kind of getting ahead and it's been, been nice. We haven't had to make any major shifts in the business to keep the results coming, you know? One thing that I want to throw in there too, like, so I always believe that like, I believe that like within a business, you know, like a business can only be as good as like you are and your mental state like is. Mm -hmm. So, so out of Nick and I, I'm definitely more emotional. Nick's very steady. He's, he's very good at like not getting emotional about his investments, not getting emotional about his money. He's very, very good at it. And I like tend to struggle a little bit more. I'll get very emotional. Uh, I think when COVID hit for me, it was like everything closed down. 
I'm a big traveler. So I'm motivated by experiences. Nick and I talk about this all the time. Like, like we're, we're in a little bit different stages of life. Like Nick has a family, you know, he's got kids. Me and my wife are married for three years, no kids. And so we travel, that's what we do. Yeah. And we had like all these trips booked, man. We had Taiwan and Japan and like all these huge trips booked all year. I always book in quarter one because that's when the bookings are the hottest. Everything's paid for. And then the rest of the year, I just got to go on all these trips. Well, everything got canceled, everything. And those were not always refundable. It was just like, here's a credit that you won't be able to use for two years, have fun. So suddenly it's like, for me, it was like all of my rest and relaxation and like the fun things that I had planned for the whole year were just like gone. And I remember in March, like, and Nick remembers this too, like I had a point where I was like, why try? You know, like, like why try? Like, like there's so just much- give up, whatever. Yeah, just give up. Like there's just so much that's out of our control. Like, what are we supposed to do when the government shuts down like everything? Disneyland, Facebook, like there's all these major corporations like at their knees. Like what, what are we supposed to do, right? And I think like Nick kind of pulled me out of it and he said, Hey, you know, he got me pumped about some new projects and I'm really grateful for that. But it, it's hard, man. Cause it's like, I personally have like, like I've had to seriously, seriously adjust the way that I recreate and de-stress because if I don't, mm -hmm. I can't work anymore. I just can't. And so I've had to like sh shift my mindset from, well, I guess we're not traveling at all in 2020 because it, it was looking fine for fall and now it's probably screwed. And so I think that's been hard for me is like having to, like I can be better for the business. Nick and I can be, can work better together if I find a good way to like relax and recreate and like forget about it. And travel does that for me. So this year I've had to try really hard to like find new things so that I can like refresh and come back and then just like hit it without feeling like I'm hitting this wall all the time. You mentioned there that both you and Nick are at different stages of your lives. How has that interaction been for the partnership? Because you can say that your partnership's still young, being about a year's old. And so are there any key challenges when it comes to that communication or that relationship because you are at different stages of your life? Good question. <laughs> Good um, question. I, I, I don't... <laughs> you go, go ahead. <laughs> well, I, I, I'm just thinking, you know, you know, having been in poor business relationships in the past, I knew going in that we needed to have hyper communication. Luckily, Brennan's a great hyper communicator. And so that's been one of our strengths that we've had. And I think every relationship, there's the roller coaster, right? Mm. When, we were, when we were selling the United States, we sold, I think, $4 million worth in three months. And you better believe every day we were virtual high-fiving. I was in Hawaii. He was here in Utah enjoying the, the moist snow. And, uh, you know, we were, we were high, right? And we were so excited. There's that dopamine that release that comes from a big sale and you're just like, yeah, I'm the man. And you, and you feel amazing. Mm -hmm. You always come down from the high. Uh, you know, I think it was February this year and things were slowing down or like, okay, okay. We kind of have to go back into the relationship and how do you get those small wins and then COVID hit. And you know, how do you, how do you try to prevent yourself from spiraling downward mentally and emotionally? Uh, and so luckily I think we've done a decent job at that, but I do think that there's always a little bit of drama and Brendan mentioned he's motivated by travel. You know, I'm motivated by making a dollar and also knowing what I would say our business love language, you know, of hyper communication with which we both share and then understanding our motivations as to what really makes us drive. Brendan hasn't traveled as much. You better believe he was more cranky and you know, we have to work through that together. It's not a one man show. You know what I mean? And by the way, is this, is this like a therapy session? What are we doing? <laughs> no. This is Tommy therapy session. Yeah. It's free therapy. I don't take it. Pu public therapy. Well, and, and I'll throw this out here too. You asked about us being in kind of different stages of life. Mm -hmm. I'm 25. Nick is 32. I think. I don't know. Something like that. I don't know. 
But you know, so so Nick's more experienced than I am, and I see that as massively advantageous for me, and I, and I see that as a disadvantage for Nick because for me, like like sometimes I'm just not as like mature as Nick because I'm like seven years behind, right? And so like occasionally I will be immature because that's what happens, right? Like uh, I'll get immature about something, I'll take out, I'll be, I'll be really stressed about a million things, and just like I would espouse, like I'll take it out on Nick, and he'll be like, "Whoa, why are you blowing up on me?" You know? And sometimes I have to remind him, like, you just gotta remember, I'm 25 and I'm stupid and I'm young and you can just like slap me and tell me to grow up like that's fine you know <laughs> like like and, and I think that that's sometimes it's hard because like it within within our relationship it's like I have a lot less experience and so it takes a lot of like humility on my part to remember like Nick has done this before like there are times when I'm about to make a really emotional stupid financial decision and I'll like consult Nick and I, and I don't want to because I know he's going to tell me not to do it yep. but I know that he's right <laughs> and so like I'll hate him for like five minutes because I'm like dang it dude he's right like he's telling me <laughs> not to do it he's like that's a terrible decision and then of course hmm. I come out of it and I'm super grateful that I have that so I I, th- I think it's a massive advantage for me I think Nick sometimes gets the butt of it because like I'll have these dumb little whatever you know like these um, emotional reactions just because I, I don't think I'm I'm not there yet. Right? I'm trying. I'm learning. So I think it's good. Like, luckily, Nick's patient. I think it's important in any partnership to realize, like, you do have to understand, like, what phase of life the other person is in and be willing to, like, like, there's a, uh, there's an old thing that my wife and I always say, and obviously a business partnership is different, but it's like, you never want to fall out of love at, at the same time. If you fall out of love at different times, it's fine. But like, if you both fall, fall out of love at the same time, then your relationship is like screwed. Mm-hmm. And I would say it's the same thing with business, not, not with love, but like, if you're both mad at each other about different things at the same time, then it sucks. But if you take turns, then I think it's okay because then you can always be like, you know what, screw it. Like, let's just get through it. So I think that's kind of what's important too, is like just the hyper communication and just being able to have those awkward, like DTR define the relationship conversations where it's like, Hey, are we okay? Like, are we good? And it's awkward. It's never fun to have those, but like, I think they're necessary to be able to like have a successful partnership. And I think you can be two great individuals and two successful individuals, but you got to have that compatibility side when it comes to communications and expectations. And that's where I guess a lot of people seem to fall down is the the level of expectation on each other is different. And then you compare that to the financial backing as well. And then that all comes crashing down and business doesn't end to work out because you end up spiting each other. Talking about that, moving forward to the next next 12 to 24 months, where do you guys see yourselves in terms of the YouTube channel and the licensing business? So we might have different answers here. So I'm, I'm curious what Brennan's going to say. But, you know, the first thing that kind of comes to mind for me is we've always had this idea of like, oh, you know, we've sold all these territories and, you know, we're going to eventually sell the company. And that's, I think, in the horizon and it's out there. Yep. And right now, what's important to us is making sure, you know, a lot of our licensees have these contracts, there's a high amount that is financed. Oftentimes people can get into the business for free and they can get in and they start making money. And when they make money, we make money, but there's also a performance-based financing component. And so I think for us, it's kind of important to be able to help them make sure our job is to always help them run their ads smoothly, make sure they're closing business and that they're making money. And when you're managing a hundred relationships almost uh, like that, you know, you drop some balls every now and then. So I think for us, like a long-term outlook is, Hey, we have a lot of accounts receivable with our partners here and we want to make sure that they do a great job so they can make money and we can make money. And typically the way that we structure our relationships with them is like, Hey, if they owe us a hundred grand, we have to make them like $2 million for them to pay us a hundred grand. And you better believe they're going to be thrilled and we're going to be thrilled. And 
And so I think that's kind of our, our, honestly, our next 18 months. And we hired a president for the company when we started selling like crazy. And we realized we needed more manpower. And luckily, his strength is operations. And I think we, we often, you know, I tend to be a little bit more of a salesperson mentality where I'm just like, okay, I'm going to sell a territory and then I want to walk away. And it's often nice to know that we have a operations minded person who can help with fulfillment and making sure that we're doing a great job on just making sure we're delivering a great, a great product to our brides and to our licensees. Luckily for Brennan and I, that that's created a little bit of time freedom for us. And so I do think that there's also a, a good component of, you know, we teach people, especially through licensing to be an owner, not an operator. And we, we want to be the epitome of living that as well. And, you know, we get paid every week. I, I won't say how much, but like we get paid every week and it's not dependent on our time. And yep. even that, if you want to lower your stress levels, figure out how to get paid passively in business, not in investments. Investments are great. But if you can get paid passively in business, I think you have an unlimited ceiling with income potential. And that's how you go from $100 an hour to $5,000 an hour if you wanted to. You know what I mean? Brandon will go out of town for weeks at a time and he's still getting paid. How great is that? You know what I mean? I promise you that's great for your mental state. Yeah. A lot of people, when they talk about, I want to start a side hustle, I want to start investing. It's always about real estate or stocks and all that jazz. But it's when you talk about stuff like that, that should be business as usual. That's just being smart with your money. You can say a, a side hustle because you got to be growing your skill set and you got to be growing, like you said, trying to get that passive business income. Do you guys have experience, you know, being an owner and not an operator prior to the licensing of the wedding business? And what were some of the challenges now in teaching rather than operating at that level? Yeah. So when it comes to being an owner and not an operator, like before we could license, we had to have what we call a ground zero area, you know, business. So you have to have the model home in the neighborhood. When all the other entrepreneurs come shopping and they want to, they're considering, do I buy this business or not? They want to look at the original OG ground zero business to see how that is doing. Mm-hmm. And so that was mine. The state of Utah was what we call our ground zero area. This is where we proved it out. And for years, that was the business, right? Utah itself was the business. Now the business is, you know, the support headquarters business, but it was just actually running the area. And so I would go through stints of, we would like build a new software and then I would like, you know, delegate out responsibilities. And then I would like peace out and be like, okay, great. I'm, I'm not an operator anymore. And I would step away for like two months. And every time I did that, I would notice, you know, we would just plateau, right? Because as an entrepreneur, what you do is you, you focus on the growth, right? The numbers should always be climbing when you're in. And so every time I've stepped out, the numbers kind of like plateau. And so I've, what, I, what I've seen is a history of that. It's like when I'm involved, the numbers are growing. And then when I leave, it plateaus. And that's, a, that's okay. Hey, that's great to be able to make X amount of money without having to do anything. And so I had been an owner, not an operator, on and off of the Utah area, which is why Nick was like, hey, these entrepreneurs can if we sell them this business and train them on being owner and operator, that would be awesome, you know, because Brennan has done it before. So I was able to like talk to all these new, these entrepreneurs that wanted to buy these licenses and say, listen, I just spent, you know, a month in Europe and I didn't even have to do anything. Now, granted it plateaued, but if it plateaus at five grand a week personally, then I don't care, right? That's awesome. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. it's kind of the same thing right now too, where it's like, 
I feel like, you know, we hired a president and we kind of got him going to manage the entire international business. And I think we plateaued a little bit and that's fine. Now I, I told Nick this, I had the realization where I'm like, you can always just be an owner and an operator, but it's always going to be hard to keep the numbers growing because entrepreneurs, they like have the special ability to like pour gas on fires and just to get it to explode. People who are like on salary and want the security, they don't have that. So every time you step out, it's always going to plateau. Now, if it plateaus, like if you read Tim Ferriss, he gets his income to a point where he's happy with it and he's totally fine to plateau. The people that run your business will almost never create the explosive growth that you can. So, you know, for me, I'm just like, well, now I'm digging back into the business again after a couple months off, I would say, of Nick and I trying other things. And, I'll, you know, we'll still do our YouTube channel and everything. But now I'm actually more active in Tomo Media again because I want to see those numbers you know, and maybe it's just greed, right? Like I want to make more money and then I'll plateau again. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of been my experience is like, you can automate almost any business very, very easily, but just expect it to plateau for a little while. And then when you want more money, go back in, pour more gas on the fire, work for three months in it, and then, and then walk out again. And you can always keep doing that to grow your business. And so I would say the history of this business has been like 10 plateaus, you know, I, I step out and then I step back in and make more money and then I step out. And I think that's kind of like where we're at right now is, is I think eventually, you know, when we sell the business or whatever, eventually, obviously then I'm hundred percent out. I don't know if I'll ever be a hundred percent out of the business because I'll always want more money, you know, and I'll, and I'll, I'll always know that with me, with two months of my effort, I can go and increase Nick and I's money a lot. So hopefully that kind of answers your question. Yeah. And I think it comes down to some of your personality traits as well, because you love optimization. It's about putting effort where effort is required. And if you're not feeling that type of energy, then you shouldn't necessarily put any effort there and you're putting effort elsewhere. So I can understand that for yourself, Brendan. Nick, so Brendan's told us some of the ways that he's he manages stress through recreation, through travel. What are some of the ways that you manage and deal with stress, Nick? You know, maybe some of the more traditional ways like exercise and just getting outdoors, getting on a mountain or something, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I love the outdoors. I live in the freaking wilderness. So for me, it's just kind of just being outside, you know, and, you know, I bought an old house needed lots of renovation. So I grew up contractor son. And mm-hmm. so even doing a project or 12 at a time, you got to get away to get productive again. You know, I, in another business of mine, I had a project and one of my weakest skill sets, so to speak, is copywriting. I hate copywriting. And I've been doing ad buying for, I don't know, six, seven years now. And I'm a great copywriter for an ad. Mm-hmm. You know, I got a great template that works that usually performs really well. However, if you ask me to write like a page on something, like I'll, I'll literally want to jump off a cliff. Pretty sure his mom and, wrote um, his papers for him in high school. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thanks mom. Uh, <laughs> and so, you know, so I had this project where I was, I was documenting a lot of these, uh, what I call proven ads for other people to copy. And on this project, this is my business partner. He calls me up and he says, Hey Nick, I need this thing done by like tomorrow. And I'm freaking out. Cause I'm like, you know, that's like a hundred pages, including screenshots. And I literally spent, I don't know, 12 or 15 hours writing. And I remember going on, you know, I had maybe three hours left at the rate that I was going. And I went on a walk with my wife and I was so frustrated. I was, you know, I was cursing left and right. I went on this walk and, you know, just sweating a little bit, expending some energy. And I came back, I kid you not, I got it done in 20 minutes. I had a clear Hmm. mind. I just sat down and I just, and I just got to work. And it's just amazing how sometimes like I believe in when it comes to like working work ethic, I love to do what I call a blitz in business. I'll shut everything off. I'll close my Facebook messenger. I'll turn my phone off and I'll just sit down 
I believe in 15 minutes, I can get like two hours of work done and I'll, I'll make a short list of one, two, three, I'll get right to it and I'll just boom, 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 boom. You know, frankly, I have to clear my head in order to do a blitz. And so just going, just going on a walk and getting outside for 45 minutes, coming back, I had one thing to do, finish one, two, three. It's amazing how much more productive you can be. I myself, I've tried to do the morning wake-ups because that's when you have least amount of distractions and, and whatnot. It's perfect. All it takes is that one message or your phone to vibrate and that productivity is gone because that, that's you grabbing your phone. So I, I don't even have my phone in the room sometimes because I know that as soon as I have that distraction or that's a trigger for the distraction that I lose everything. It's getting a bit tough at the moment because we're midwinter and it's about negative two degrees oh, uh, Celsius in Canberra at the moment. But yeah, I've got to push through some of those those times. Boys, we're just running out of time. Is there any questions that you guys would like to talk about that I haven't mentioned? I think not really a question, but the last thing I would throw in there is one of the most life-changing, I guess, lessons that I learned was in a, it's like a productivity class in college, super boring, but, but I learned one thing, which is that your brain is amazing and humans like have a tendency to just like grind, 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 grind. Like kind of like Nick was saying, like when we get stuck we, we, and I think everybody knows what that feels like to be like, uh, like, like you just halt, right? Riders block, whatever you want to call it to just like push through it. And like, we're taught go push, like the harder you work, if you keep at it, like you'll, it'll be successful. And, and, and like the greatest lesson I learned is that that's actually false. Mm. Our brains are unbelievable. There's lots of different parts, but when you're working on something, it's in the front of your brain and you're only utilizing like that front 10%, but you have this giant 90% of like, that's really smart. And it's got all these neurons and making connections and it can't actually like, you can't kick what you're doing into that space until you completely like forget about it. So always taking a break, like Nick was saying, whether it's going on a long trip, whether it's just like going to a restaurant and pausing in the middle of what you're doing or, you know, taking a walk or whatever, it actually forces whatever you're currently working on into the more productive part of your brain. And when you sit back down, your brain has actually worked all of it out. And a lot of people notice that if you take a break, by the time you sit back down, you're like, whoa, it's all just like coming to me. And you suddenly are like typing really fast. It's because you're allowing the 90% of your brain to actually do its job. So my biggest piece of advice when it comes to like trying to be a stress-free entrepreneur is understand that when you've hit your limit, right? Understand when the, when the tank is empty and get up and leave. Whether that means going on a trip for a week, going on a walk, just do it because the, by, by the time you sit back down, you will actually be 10 times more productive because you're allowing your brain to do what it's best at. So that's been like the biggest thing for me as like an entrepreneur is, is Nick knows this. It's, it's on, off, on, off, on, off for me. And Nick's more consistent. I'm more like, these are my on days. These are my off days. And um, that's, that's what allows me to be the most productive. And I think for me, it's, you know, I can be productive for seven days and he'd be gone for three days for Nick. He can be productive for like a year and then he, need, he only needs like one month off the whole year at a time. So I think figuring out what your limits are and always just stopping and taking a break and allowing your brain to do its thing will allow you to be much more productive. I love it. Yep. And in terms of the partnership, was there something that happens that you didn't realize that would happen in terms of success where you guys both looked at each other and were like, whoa, like did that really just happen? I know that you guys did, you know, $4.4 million in six months. Was there something else similar to that in, in terms of the expectation? It was just like up here. You know, I, I just think back to that first sale. Yep. The first sale is the hardest, but oftentimes you think, okay, I'm going to try this thing and you don't know if it's actually going to work. And then when someone's actually willing to trade dollars for that value, it's always like a, wait, what? And then you get up and you do a dance. 
And then the next five are easier and the next 20 are easier. And the next thing you know is like, boom, we just sold out all of America. We now let's sell Canada. Let's sell the UK. The world domination's next, right? And I think for me, it was just like, just super validating when you have that initial idea and then you, it actually works. You know what I mean? How many times in your life you're like, oh, I, I want to do this. And it actually works how you planned it. I think most of the time it doesn't, but in this situation it did. And I was just like, man, we're, we've leveled up our business game. Like we've done our time as, uh, as entrepreneurs to like learn and uh, everything just lines up perfectly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I can think of one short moment, which is where like Nick and I, you know, we, we've been doing our licensing thing for a long time. And like, we both had taught, we're like, Hey, let's, let's like talk about this on a podcast or something. Like, I don't know, that sounds fun. Mm-hmm. And so I went to work and I, I went on some forums and just started like posting our story. And I got reached out to by bigger pockets, which I had never heard of. And I called Nick and I'm like, Hey, there's this podcast called bigger pockets that like wants us to like be on their show. And he was like, I was Whoa! all like, no, <laughs> he was like, dude, I love bigger pockets. That's such a big podcast. Are you serious? And I was like, uh, what is it? Like, I didn't even know what it was. And that was one of those things where like, it was Nick and I together. We're able to like make that happen. You know, like, like, like we, mm. it was just a cool, like we didn't expect that. And it brought in a lot of really, really good things. A lot of people were emailing us. We had no idea. And so that's actually how we got started podcasting, which has been a lot of fun for us. But yeah, it was a fun moment where like bo- both of us had decided we were going to try to like go out there and do some PR and then something totally unexpected happened and, and we were able to kind of crush it together and it brought some awesome results. And I think that's a fun thing that we look back on is we're like, whoa, how did that ever happen? Like that was such a good thing. So yeah, that's the benefit of doing a partnership is that the things that you think about in combination and the actions you guys take can take you guys up to the next level without even you thinking about it. You know, if you are there showing up every day and being consistent in your delivery. For our entrepreneurs who want to know more about your licensing model and business and everything else that you do in terms of YouTube and podcasts, where can they, they, they find you? We have, I mean, our Hobo Entrepreneur is our YouTube channel. If they want to learn more about international territories or they're interested in buying a Tolmeda territory, you can email me at brennan at I'll connect you with Nick, who's the master there. And then honestly, for our licensing, we actually have created a course that's, you know, a lot of it, most of it's free to turn your business into a licensing business, all of the pain that we have learned. And that's licensinglifestyle.net. So you can sign up and get going for free right there. And anyways, yeah, we'd love to connect with you. If you have any questions, please. Yep, fantastic. And um, I'll make sure to have all the links down in the show notes for our entrepreneurs below. Nick, Brennan, thank you for coming on the show again. It's been a pleasure. I wish you guys massive success for the, the future. Thanks, man. It was a pleasure, Tommy. Appreciate it, man. Thank you. Appreciate it. And it's been an honor. Thank you. There you have it, guys. Thank you for tuning in to the Stressless Entrepreneur Podcast with me, your host, Tommy Bowie. If you like what you've heard today, please make sure you subscribe to our show and share this podcast with your friends. Leave us a review so that we can take on your comments, grow with you as a channel, and keep providing you quality, stress-free content. If you have a story to tell or just want to say hi, drop me an email on hello at thestresslessentrepreneur.com. I'll catch you all on the next episode.